welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. This is episode number 15, and we are going to answer the question, why has nothing helped? If you are sitting at home with headaches or migraines, and you have listened to my podcast, if you have interacted with me in some way, found content online, maybe on our website, and you are wondering why nothing has helped up to this point. If anything I've said has given you hope and you're wondering why this is not common practice or something that has been offered to you before, or maybe it's just never been explained in this way, I'm going to answer that question as best as I can today in this podcast. We're going to answer the question of why nothing has helped. So again, I'm Dr. Taves. I'm the founder and owner of Novera Headache Center, and it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. So why has nothing helped? I'm going to start by just kind of explaining the typical plan of care or life of a, of a migraine in a patient and the patient that I typically have a conversation with and what their story has been up to the point where they're sitting in my office and I can help them on this journey. So first off, females are two to three times more likely to present with migraines. And so what happens is around 12, 13, when these young females are going through puberty, they will be far more likely to present with migraines than their male counterparts, than men, or these these young men or boys. And so there's this uh, prevalence of middle school, high school girls that will present or start to present with migraines. Now, if you listen to my previous podcast, I talk a little bit about migraines in children or the sort of gymnastics, hypermobile young females that will have a neck injury that maybe is a result of several micro type injuries, or maybe there's major whiplash concussion type injury that leads to it. But basically there's an, an increase in the and the hypermobility, the mobility of the neck. And so this uh, upper part of the neck that we've talked about, that is the uh, source of pain when it's injured, is also more likely to be found in, uh, in these young women. And so it's after they've hit puberty and uh, they start to present with headaches and migraines in kind of middle school, high school, and maybe they're, they're not as frequent Uh, or frequent enough to result in this sort of dramatic, let's start medication or let's get you in with the neurologist. And so they're able to live their life 90% of the time. So maybe once or twice a month, they'll have a bad headache, but then they'll they'll know that it'll go away. And maybe they're managing it with Excedrin or or just over-the-counter meds, um, something like that. They're avoiding triggers. They're starting to learn what their body responds or doesn't respond to. But oftentimes there's that period of time when the migraines start uh, and the patient is in their teens that they're able to kind of push through. They're more resilient. Now, in, in that period, they may have gone to see a neurologist or they may have seen their primary care doctor and been prescribed some medication. Maybe it helped. Maybe it didn't. Oftentimes there's this period of of a couple years or maybe it's just uh, a period of time where the symptoms reduce in frequency or intensity or maybe their migraines go away for a period of time. And so they they almost kind of forget about it or ignore it. The opposite can also be true. When these patients hit college, sometimes it's increasing in frequency, increasing in intensity. 
So there's kind of this ebb and flow that the patient will go through. And sometimes in their mind, they're thinking, well, I'm just going to wait it out because maybe in a couple of months or maybe even a couple of weeks, this will get better. And so there's this constant fluctuation of symptoms that oftentimes will lead the patient to delay finding treatment. Now, if they're in this period of time where it's very, very debilitating, the migraines are becoming more and more frequent, the patient will likely pursue uh, avenues of treatment. And at that point, it's probably gone from the primary care doctor's office to a neurologist that they've been referred to. And what happens there is the neurologist will likely prescribe a migraine-specific medication. Now, the the prescription uh, is going to be kind of a trial and error process that the uh, neurologist and the patient will go through. So try this one. It's it, it's likely to be most effective, or maybe it has the least amount of side effects. And if it doesn't work, let's try a different medication. Now, the promise there is that the medication will reduce the frequency or intensity of the symptoms. And so there's never really a conversation of, here's what the underlying problem is. Somewhere along this process as well, the patient will receive an MRI, potentially a CT scan, but uh, more often an MRI or an x-ray, and the x-ray might be of, of the neck. Now, that process usually happens when the patient is referred to the neurologist. And 99% of the time, and it's going to result in nothing, uh, nothing substantial that is found on those images to result in here's the source of the problem. And so it leads the patient into the neurologist's office, and it's kind of this, like I said, a trial and error process of medication to find one that reduces the frequency and intensity of your symptoms. So there's the first thing to note is that the patient has gotten to a point that their migraines are debilitating. They need something to help because they can't live their life this way. And they end up landing on, there's not necessarily a clear answer on what the source of the problem is. And they're receiving a a medication that uh, is kind of a trial and error process is not necessarily promising to treat the underlying source of pain. And, uh, potentially will work, but there are side effects associated with that. And then what's the plan to get off of it? Am I going to be on this for the rest of my life? And so even if medication seems to help, a lot of times patients are just feeling reliant on that. They they want their own um, health back. And so they want to find an answer to the underlying source of pain. Now, there's a second option out there. And what happens is there is a patient that is uh, very, very open to the sort of like Western medicine model, that which is primarily going to be like pharmaceuticals in this story that I'm telling. And some patients are much more comfortable with that. Others are not. The patients that are wanting to avoid medication will typically find themselves in a chiropractic office. Now, I um, I think chiropractors do a good job of positioning themselves, and they have positioned themselves well in this headache and migraine realm. And so people will automatically think of going to a chiropractor to treat their neck when they have a neck problem. Anything in the spine, the chiropractors have positioned themselves as as being the sort of alternative to medication approach to anything with the spine. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because a lot of patients will find themselves in the chiropractic office and receive the adjustment or whatever form of, uh, of treatment. 
Now they vary in how they approach their treatment process and, and they you know have uh, differing views on what that looks like. But basically they're going to look at alignment and try to restore alignment to the spine. And oftentimes that will help. And so patients that, that I've seen and in my experience will go to a chiropractic office and actually have a better answer than with the uh, medical doctor and the drugs that they were prescribing. So what's happening is the uh, chiropractor is looking at the spine and is actually finding potentially this same type of movement problem, but um, looking, focusing more on alignment. And so they'll look at alignment, they'll know, okay, the, the headache is likely coming from the upper part of the neck, and then they'll do their adjustment to reduce tension and potentially improve a little bit of mobility to the upper part of the neck. And then the other good thing that chiropractors do is they look at the full spine. And so they're they're trying to restore you as, a, as an individual, and I like that a lot. So oftentimes patients will find relief with that chiropractic model. The one thing that can happen in that, and this is the second thing uh, to answer the question, why has nothing helped? Well, to say that chiropractic doesn't help is is not true. It does help. But what happens is the patient will find themselves returning, and that is a approach. I mean, if you can find yourself in their office once a week or so when you feel a headache coming on, then the adjustment uh, should help. Oftentimes it does help. But it's that sort of reliance on it or the recurring treatment that's needed that makes the patient feel that it's not addressing the underlying problem like it needs to be addressed. They have this feeling like it's still sort of like slapping a Band-Aid on the issue. It's helpful. They're very appreciative of it, but it's uh, it's not this long-term solution. They don't feel like their body is holding or maintaining or, or whatever is wrong. They're not feeling like it's being restored. And so it's that same sort of feeling with the medical doctor's office and potentially in the chiropractor's office as well, that it's hitting on an aspect that is helping with their, you know, with the big picture, with their functionality throughout their day, reducing their disability, but it there's still something missing. And so the Western medicine model is good. It has its place and patients oftentimes need the the medication to reduce their body's sensitivity to this pain signal that's constantly debilitating and, and interrupting their life. And so medication has its place. And again, chiropractic, I I actually think chiropractors do a good job of, of addressing uh, the musculoskeletal system in a way that can be very helpful and can actually provide a lot of answers. But it's that that feeling that patients get when they think that there's something more that can be done where they usually end up in my office. And it's that third aspect of this, this bigger healthcare um, sort of picture. When we look at what patients really need when they have headaches and migraines, there's a lack of understanding when it comes to how the neck should be moving, what type of injury reduces the amount of movement in the neck, and when it's not moving, what happens? And so in my own profession, uh, in the physical therapy world, very, very few physical therapists feel comfortable or proficient in treating headaches and migraines. And so that's the third issue when answering the question, why has nothing helped? The third issue is that even physical therapists miss the mark. A lot of physical therapists are going to do good things. So they're not they're not doing harm. They're not 
necessarily um, doing anything that will hurt the patient, but it's primarily going to be postural-based exercises, some hands-on work that is going to look more like massage or stretching, and then some uh, what we call joint mobility type techniques, which are also helpful. But what rarely happens is a specific focus and understanding of what the upper cervical spine, so C1, C2, C2, C3, and the head sitting on that first bone, how those interact and how to actually restore function in that area. That is not well understood in the physical therapy profession. And so when I have patients come to see me and they have relatives in another state, or maybe it's a virtual consultation and they want to know, is something like this in my state or near me, I almost never am able to find a physical therapist that positions themselves as a headache or migraine specialist, or if I call and I kind of interview that physical therapist, they might have a general understanding, but it really takes this this specific understanding that builds confidence that they've seen other migraine patients, that they've seen results, and it's just so hard to find within the physical therapy realm. So I would love to say, and this is kind of my mission throughout my career, I would love to say that if you live outside of Colorado Springs, that there's a physical therapist down the street that should be able to effectively treat your migraines or headaches. And unfortunately right now, um, I just can't say that. So what I recommend to people is to continue to listen to this podcast because I will do my best to empower you at home to understand and be able to kind of self-treat, avoid things that might be aggravating your symptoms. Um, The other aspect of that is just because the physical therapist might be missing the mark to some extent, still try to go to a physical therapist because they will help to some extent. But if it, if it doesn't seem to be getting you all the way there, don't give up. Do the things that they taught you and apply the exercises or, or whatever it may be. Same with chiropractic. If it helps and you are someone that doesn't want to take medication, then continue to go to chiropractic uh, because it is, to some extent, addressing part of the problem. And again, with medication, if uh, you're someone that has seen results with medication, there is benefit to that because you don't want your body in this constant cycle of pain because there's almost a dependence that the brain will have to that pain and it'll become hypersensitive. So um, whatever you have found to work, continue to do that, but just know that with the specific underlying problem, I want you to have hope that there is an answer. And I can help you through that personally. I do have people uh, come from all over the country to uh, receive this form of treatment if those migraines are debilitating enough. But if you're at home and that's not possible and you're just wanting to get this same form of treatment, continue to listen to the podcast. Uh, Find a physical therapist that specializes or is confident with manual therapy. And this is someone who is going to spend most of their day hands-on, one-on-one with patients. And you can ask those questions to any clinic nearby, and uh, they should be able to point you in the right direction of who that provider is. And hopefully you can land on a little gem somewhere and find someone that can effectively treat your headaches and migraines. And so that would be kind of best case scenario. And so I hope that this is helpful in answering the question, why has nothing helped? looking at the uh, the medical doctor approach and why it's helpful, but kind of missing the mark to some extent. The chiropractic approach, again, helpful, uh, but there might be something that can be added to it. And then the physical therapy view where oftentimes physical therapists just aren't as proficient as we need to be and something that I would like to help with 
and work towards. And so hopefully that's helpful to you. And uh, you can even share this with your physical therapist, have them listen to my podcast, and maybe even reach out to me and I can help walk them through what needs to happen. I'd be happy to do that. I love connecting with other physical therapists. So there you go. Why has nothing helped? I hope that provides you with some clarity. Continue to listen to the podcast. Please subscribe and share it with anyone you know who might be struggling with headaches or migraines because it's my mission to empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.